Hi, I'm Dan Higginson. Welcome to the Idle Hand Society podcast, a community for creatives. He's been thinking about what kind of animal energy he's been putting out there. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz. What, what kind of animal energy do you reckon you're putting out there, man? Um, ooh, let me think about that. Sloth. Sloth? Okay. <laughs> Is that? Do you reckon that's your like spirit animal, sloth? Well, it depends. I, I think I have many spirit animals. Yeah. Um, some days I'm like a fox, cunning... Yeah, cunning like a fox. I could see that. Um, other days, I'm like an elephant with okay. a trunk at a watering hole. Right. <laughs> I was thinking more like, um, what are you? I think you're like a lemur. A le- you know, like yeah. you're energetic. Everybody loves you, and you know you like chew on a caterpillar and veg out a little bit. Mm. And you, you, I would say maybe a meerkat. A meerkat. <laughs> you know, up on your hind. On your toes all the time, looking around, observant, yeah. okay, um, social, likes having its back scratched. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for that. I'll take a meerkat. I don't know. I'm not really sure what I am. Like a, like a honey badger, like a a little bit irritable, <laughs> funny to watch from afar, but not so funny to be near. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't this know. Is, this is one of those times where you need Stephen Fry to come on and give you some loquacious chat about uh, Indonesian rare bird that likes mating under the tree while cocked on one leg. But unfortunate, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know the name of that bird, or even if it exists, but if it did, yeah, um, it would be good. It would be good. And I've just realised what everyone's going to be screaming at their um, podcast player of choice right now. One of us needed to be a dick dick. Oh, yes. Everybody loves a dick, don't they? Dick. Yeah. Every, yeah. Um, Who, it, who's tr- a dick dick? Who do we know that's the dick dick? Well, that's interesting. Who is the dick dick? Because they're kind of... They're kind of... Um, nimble. Nim- nimble. Yeah, but like oh. cute, but slightly frightened. <laughs> I don't slightly know. Who, who do we know that's cute, but slightly frightened? I know. One of your, one of your colleagues from um, college. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know which of those is a dick dick. Um... Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Mate, it's been a fucking while. This has been way too long. Yeah, it's been ages. But you've been busy, I've been busy. The sun has come, the sun has gone. Um, and we got maybe another week of summer left before it starts raining again. Yeah. Yeah, standard, isn't it? Standard. standard. Wimbledon, Wimbledon is about to start. It's going to rain. Is it? Mm. That's in your area, isn't it, Wimbledon? Yeah, it's quite, it's quite good when Wimbledon comes, actually, because everybody just camps out on the street, you know? So... Like yeah, I was at yours people... the other day and you were telling me about that. It's yeah, literally yeah. like two blocks from your house and you're like, people just pitch up. Yeah, they just literally put their tents outside, you know. The other people on, on the street sell squashes, and not, not as in drink, squashes and strawberries and cream. Squash like the game. Yeah, they all no. go in a glass box and yeah, smash exactly. a rubber ball at a wall. It, that too, and all of them like to get really close together in a box right. um, and sweat profusely. Yeah. Dangerous game, that, squash. Dangerous, very dangerous. And t- tell me, Daniel, um, photographically, how is life? Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm getting there. I, I think I've turned a bit of a corner photographically. Like, since we last spoke on the podcast, um, as everybody knows that you and I speak a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But I think since the last time we recorded, I think my work's kind of, I don't know, slightly more refined. I'm probably not the best person to make that assessment, to be honest. Matured, right? The last time we spoke on air, 
I think I was working on the um, Signs for Those Who Reflect project. I think I was mm-hmm. getting close to doing like a university exhibition at the Copeland Gallery, um, which was really great, really positive response from that. And it was just really beautiful to see Auntie Mooney like enjoying pictures of herself and that little cute moment. You were there, right? I don't yeah, know if yeah. you saw it, but there was like there were some people that would see the photos and they'd be like, oh, she looks really lovely. And then they'd notice that she was in the room and she was Mm -hmm. like a little rock star, bless her. (laughs) And like people would kind of whisper, it's her, it's the lady, it's the lady, like pointing at her. And I just thought, I don't know, it was really cool. It was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's nice. That's really, and and how how does it feel having done the first one? Like, is it like, do you have a a, a moment of, oh, glad, glad it's over? Or are you, um, I suppose, what's the word I'm looking for? Are you sunbathing in a light of pride and uh, achievement? And how's the first year of a university been overall? You don't have to talk in general, just like a, as in, is it what you thought it was going to be? Is it is it different to how you thought it was going to be? Is it better? You know, how, 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 do you, how do you find that first year? Yeah, it's not a bad bit of reflection, I don't think, to do right now. Um, do you remember we recorded a podcast... Literally, before I started, I think I'd enrolled and I had the place. And we did a podcast. I think we called it like Becoming a Student or something something like that. And we spoke about what I think it's going to be, what I think I'm going to get from it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I should probably listen to that back just to see how close what I felt about it has actually, yeah. how, how close it's been. But honestly, I think I've taken a lot from it this year. I really wanted to approach it like a student, like I had something to learn yeah, um, and and really get the most out of it that way. I knew it... that I was never going to learn too much technical stuff, if that makes sense. Because, you know, I've been shooting for a while, right? Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? We, we've talked about this before, maybe off here, but when you're, when you're younger, 18 or 19, you have that motivation to be ready to learn. There's pretty well, it was non-existent for me, but I know for some kids it, it exists, but... Yeah. I was so immature at that age and trying to, and now, like, what, what, 38 to you? Um, you know, you're much more mature and ready to absorb that information and, and ready to understand it and, and, and do something with it. Yeah, totally. whereas, whereas before, it's just like, you know, I'm, you might choose to do a photography degree just because you think it's an easy ride, let's say. Or, yeah. Uh, I, I was going to ask you how you compare to the, the other. I know you've told me there's a range of age groups on there, but you're the oldest on the course, right? Yeah, I'm the uh, oldest by a few years. Um, yeah, and and how how has that felt like? Uh, to be the oldest. Of, and yeah, in terms of socialising and fitting in and, you know, sometimes that's awkward. You know, I'm I'm awful. I'd be really awkward, I reckon. I'd be like, oh my God, I don't want to speak to anybody. But you're, you, you're good, Dan. You, you, you're, you got the chat. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't shut up, do I? That's my no, problem. You, no, um, that's, why you, that's why you're good on a podcast, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's the G word. <laughs> I'm not so sure. But I think because it's such a niche topic, because it's been such a long time, maybe I should say, it's documentary photography and photojournalism. That's the degree I'm doing. I'm doing a BA at UAL. The topic where it's so niche, I think it draws in people that actually give a fuck. Because it's not just a, a BA in photography generally. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. the 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 cohort is a little bit more. Um, I want to say mature. I don't mean that in terms of age, but in terms of outlook. Yeah, yeah. I'm the oldest one on the course, but I'm possibly not the most mature one on the course. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah. Most yeah, experienced, I, I think most experienced on the course? Yeah, I think I'm probably the most experienced on the course. That's to be expected. You know, I've joined something at 37 after being like professional for like four or five years or whatever now and having shot for 20 years. Like it was always going to be that way. But I think what I've learned is there's some really amazing course leaders and I've taken so much from the way that they see things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, one of my course leaders is this amazing photo editor we got like some incredible people that teach about ethics and and loads of people that work in in the kind of the wider industry really what i think i've honed down on is how to tell a story a little bit better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I don't, it, I, I don't know is, that my eyes really changed all that much but the it, way that i edit and sequence has is um is there a bit that surprised you this year is a bit you thought oh i didn't i didn't expect that it's hard to say I feel like I'm so close to it at the minute. It's really difficult to say. I, I kind of, I, I think maybe before we chatted, I should probably have gone back and listened to that original podcast to see to see what I said. Because mm-hmm. I, I almost can't take myself out of the mindset that I'm in now. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm honestly not so sure. But maybe you guys can listen back to that podcast yourselves and, and see how differently I, I sound. Uh, when I when I speak about it now, but yeah, I don't I don't know, man. It's really hard to say. You shot, I, I, a, few, you shot a few projects this year as well, right? And you, you know, for the course and, uh, well, I suppose you shot one with me together. We can talk about as well, I suppose, that which was a mad night. That was a mad night. That was cool <laughs> as shit, though. Yeah, we, we did speak talk- about that, I think, on the last podcast. Did we? Did we speak about it again? If you well, like, the you last know. podcast hasn't actually. So, as you guys are listening to this. Um, I don't know if we'll release these sequentially, like chronologically, or whether or not they'll just come out as they come out. But there's a chat that we had with um, Monsieur Stephen Leslie, um, yeah. which was a really incredible chat. And I think we haven't released that yet. It's, it's us. Like we're just being. It's, it's, we're holding it back for the summer season, basically, because it was so good. I think on that one, I think we may have spoken about this thing that we shot together. I'll, I'll let you introduce it because. Do we yeah, give okay. away names? Yeah, yeah. It's or, fine. or are we doing like stage names? Nah, nah, nah. We just call them by their first name. Okay. No, we know, we know, we know, we know some people. Um, no, we know this guy called Jay and Brim, and they are. Uh, are they drum and bass, Dan? Is it drum and bass or de- techno? It's like UK Garage, I think. Technically. UK Garage. Yeah, UK Garage. There you go. That's a much better definition. Um, and Dan was over one Friday night. I don't know what we were doing together, but you were you. I think you? we were just hanging out. Yeah, we were just hanging out. And then about, I don't know, 10.30, was it, down 11 o'clock? It was late. <laughs> it just was a, way later than two old men should be. Just as we were shutting down for the evening, there was a little ring. Hello! I said. Um, and it was Jay and Brim, and they said, look, we are... Uh, DJing tonight on uh, our pirate radio station down in, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. You sound and, uh, exactly like Jay when you do that accent as well. Uh, and <laughs> that's, that's exactly what uh, I was wondering if you like to come and take some pictures of us, Paul. And I, I think we said, Dan, should we go to... And we, did, we were going to be picked up in a car. We weren't allowed to drive. Um, it's a secret we location. Know, we didn't know the location, where we were going. It was like, we couldn't, you know, it was kind of like a bit shady. 
And I said to Daniel after four Red Bulls and um, three packets of cheese and onion monster munch, sorry, beef monster munch, they weren't cheese and onion. You can't have cheese and onion monster munch. Big mistake, Dan. Nice. Um, um, anyway, uh, he said yes. And so we went and we got picked up and it was ra- random as hell. And uh, we driving through southwest London and ended up, I don't know where it was, somewhere, somewhere southwest London. Uh, I'll tell you off air. Remind me afterwards. I'll tell you exactly where it is. And me and Dan went and took some pictures for like from about 11.30 till 4 in the morning. It was live on the radio and it was quite fun. And uh, it was in a tiny, I can, it was in a tiny garage on an industrial estate in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, I can say that because it's, you know, you know you'll never find it because there's a thousand industrial estates. Yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, me and Dan shot, shot a little um, project together that one night and um, we... You you've you've tarted it up a bit, haven't you, Dan? You you used it for a project for uni, did? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, very briefly. Um, I don't know does, if I did only it justice. Does, you, you only do your best work with me, so you, you, to, you wanted to get a good mark. So he thought he'd basically what he'd do is take some of my photos and yeah. pass them off as yours, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just riding on your coattails, Mister Pence. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. <sighs> that's funny. But um, no, in all seriousness, no. So we did that, and and I, uh, do you know what's really interesting is. One of the things that I noticed and Dan noticed is that the passion for the the subject, the love of it, the the joy. I mean, these guys are like they've been working all day, a fourteen hour day driving. He then it comes from Croydon to Southwest London, which is about another forty five minute drive, picking up various people along the way. Um, then he drives at eleven o'clock at night to this place. DJs until three in the morning and then drops the people back home and then gets up for work Saturday morning at seven o'clock and drives to another. I mean, he's Does crazy. it all again. Yeah. And I, 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 there's, there's something in that about the commitment to the cause. And, you know, I understand that passion for something when you love something. It doesn't feel like a chore. You just do it because you love it. And it came through, I think, in some of the photos that we shot. And there's a closeness, there was a bond there between. Like uh, the the three guys involved, um, and yeah, I think those moments are, are rare and special. And I suppose the the message there is when they come, you just don't. Even if you are tired and you don't feel like doing it, do it. Right? It's kind of it was really beautiful, man. And the way they welcomed us in, I mean, obviously you've known two of those guys for a number of years, but it was the first time I'd ever met them, mm-hmm. and they were honestly like just really, really lovely guys. Just so. Um, Welcoming, welcoming yeah. like just authentic like you say I, I think the thing was that really resonated with me is that these were guys that are sort of our sort of age yeah and they're just they're living it do you know what i mean they've got other stuff going on they've got families they've got commitments but for one day a week they just you know they're every, just together every fr- every friday night lay low radio we can see lay low fm yeah, Lalo FM. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, amazing, amazing, amazing. And they've done it for years and years. I've known Jay for 10 years, and he's been doing it that long, longer. So, you know, and they were around at the beginning of UK Garage. And apparently there's, like, we asked them, why didn't you ever pursue that career? And apparently there's politics involved and there's all sorts of things that we're not um, party to. But it's sad in some ways, I think, that, you know, the culture of, I I don't want to like correct you, but I went back and listened to that recording recently when I did the magazine thing. So I I, th- I think what you're saying is is kind of 
halfway there, but I, I think it might be a bit of a disservice to them. I think they did a lot of really cool stuff. They played some really big clubs and stuff. The The thing is now is the the game's kind of different. Yeah, yeah. I think they've just got other stuff going on. They've got young families. They've got they've got other commitments. And I think to keep going and be playing huge places, like the scene's changed, um, like you can't smoke in clubs anymore. And that was like a big part of the cu- whole culture. culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're just, they're not really interested in, in playing that game anymore. Like they've, mm-hmm. they've got, they've got more important things in life. They've got priorities, right? So they just treat this now. And this was the tagline that I hung on to. And when I was doing my sequence, at least was, you know, Jay or uh, yeah. DJ one ton is his stage name. He was saying that to him, he looks at this and it's, he, he's, he calls it like an adult youth club, you know, it's yeah, a place adult. where they all, they all go to meet up and, and just kind of be together. And like, and, and, and it makes me, do you know what it makes me think, you know, it's really interesting that, I was talking about networks with my wife and how that, you know, if you come through a private educated system, that your group of friends that you make through that system usually stays with you. And she's friendly with all of her school friends, right? I'm, I'm hardly friendly with any of my school friends. And I was I was making them... And it's interesting that... Did Jay, Ali go to private school? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 10, she boarded because okay. her parents worked in Africa. Um, and... It's interesting, like, they're really close, all of their school friends, like, all of them. Like, there's a big group of them and a university friends. And I think working class people who, who who missed... I mean, I've still got a few friends from home, but they're not, mm. not many, not not loads of them. Um, and I think there's something in... There's something beautiful about that relationship and making time for that that space to be with your friends. Those people Even, that you you know deeply that you yeah, grew up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a it's a special thing. And I do think, you think that's because both of us, like with our working class roots, we left that place? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think so. I think that's part of it. Maybe Once if we'd were, stayed, like we would. Yeah, yeah. I, I think definitely would have. Though, though, I I I, I sometimes debate. No, I, I'm still close with. You know, one, two, maybe three, three or four friends from home that I would, you know, when I go back, I, I stay in touch with. Um, but, you know, we're not talking weekly, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's like Every few go, months. You yeah, when I go home, I say, you're around and coming down, you're on beer, you know, something like that. But it, it's yeah. not. And and I do think it is, I think, because, you know, you, you, you come away from the place that you grew up and you move to a new town, city, whatever it is, and you form a new life. And it, it's very, looking back at that, it's very, um, it, it's kind of fragmented, isn't it? Kind of because you didn't, because you didn't stay in the one place. It's very difficult to maintain those relationships. Though, you know, I don't know. I, I just think maybe, I just, I, maybe this is a misnomer. Maybe I'm making this up, but I just think people who are, this is going to sound awful. I'm not even going to say we can, Maybe we can I, cut it. I was, going to, I was going to say people who are from private education, they're taught about the importance of maintaining relationships and, and friendships. And I, I think that's overlooked in, in, in our working class comprehensive education. I think that needs to stay in. That's a really important message. You know, I, I, I think we... we 
we we concentrate on what we maybe think is the education, but we forget the social side and and how how those relationships are so important, and they go on to form bonds that like can last lifetimes if 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 you look after them and respect them, you know. And and I think we kind of miss that. I mean, maybe that's just me, and maybe that's like you say, maybe because we moved away from it and 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 stuff. Um, but I don't know. I didn't Thought. even move that far. Do you know what I mean? Like you you left you left the country that you grew up in. Like I've gone a town or three over um, and I'm not in touch with barely anybody. I think I've probably got... There's one guy that I still do talk to a lot that I literally went to primary school with. Like we're really close. But I mean, other than that, I don't really think... like Even through my early 20s, that group of friends where I was in bands and stuff, I don't really talk to any of those guys anymore. Um, lots of them left the country, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or, or moved away. But you, I don't know. People just drift apart. And I've... yeah, I think that's I think that's normal. I think that's a normal part of growing older. But it, it, it's and maybe my wife is a, a you know an outlier because she is quite a social bee in saying that you know she she works at those relationships. I see right. her. I see her maintain them. You know, I think there's something else. But again, is is that something that's taught from family or school? Or I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, because I'm not very. I'm I'm much shitter at that. <laughs> maybe she's just a nicer person than we are, Paul. Yeah, maybe that is what it is. Do you That's, think? Have you ever yeah. spoken to her about it? Has she ever said like they literally? It's a thing that gets instilled it, it, in you at, sto- at school. Well, yeah, I think it is. I think that's interestingly you should say that. I think I have, and she did say that it's a school, a private education thing where they they. Like, apparently they spend a whole year talking about friendships and the importance of them on your last year. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, which is interesting. You know, it, there's a whole... And I I, th- I suppose it's really important. I, I just think that, uh, yeah, how, how, how you can um, get that device into a comprehensive education and... and I mean, it, it happens, I suppose. I mean, I left comprehensive school nearly 25 years ago 30 years ago even so i'm sure it's changed drastically since i was there yeah i mean i remember my last year of comprehensive school just being having it drilled into me that i'm never going to amount to anything like, yeah 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 yeah. i certainly wasn't being told it's really important you stay in touch with your friends and build a network go and get a trade work with your hands yeah, they didn't even tell me that <laughs> i literally remember being pulled aside and being told you are predicted zero a to c's you're one of X number of kids in the year that's in this position. It was a low number. It was like less than five. It might have been two. It might have been me and one other kid. Um, And basically being told that I'm fucked. That was it. That was literally the end of my school career. But I certainly wasn't being told you you need to um, foster a network. and But none of that. None of that. Yeah, yeah. There was no careers advice. Did you ever have anything like that? No, not really, no. Very basic, very, you know, you're talking to Betty from Tonarevile who'd got a job in the careers office. Hello, so what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Is um, that it? Like, yeah, it, it's, she it's, just asks you what you wanted to be. You don't even yeah. know what jobs you can get. You don't even have any clue what you want to do. You, you have come through an education system that's fractured and falters, um, and it's inconsistent and you come out the other side of it and you're like, you know, even if you're a smart kid, right, and you're intelligent, yeah. you, like, you, you're, uh, 
you come out of that system and it's like, I'm still even then you're bewildered. Like, it's like, what the fuck has just happened? <laughs> like, if, no, I don't, I was speaking to a couple of other parents and I was asking them, does anybody like those, you know, 11 to 16 teenage angst years where it's all a fucking confusing and a mess? And nobody, yeah. has, said, nobody has said to me they liked it. And not one person. I've, and I'm, I'm making it a thing of asking now. Like, oh, did you just answer me a question? Do you know, 11 to 16, did you enjoy school? No, and nobody said yes, actually. Nobody. No, maybe my wife. <laughs> okay. Do you know, I, I mean, I'm guessing maybe you know a few other people that were educated privately. Have you asked those? Yeah, those, those, were, those were the people I asked, actually, because I went to pick up my daughter from a play date. And one of them is a molecular biologist. And the other one is a social, an ethnic social scientist. Okay. The pair um, of them sound like they're some power couple. And, they're both, and they both said they hated it. Really? Yeah. And they've both. got all the uh, smarticle particles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They just said it was uncomfortable, awkward, horrible, uh-huh. you know. Well, I think it is for, I, I think that's what it is like. That's part of like, it's a confuser. You, 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 you come out of it maybe more confused than you go out into it. And then it takes at least until you're 30 to realize, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, right? I guess you're all hopped up on... Hormones. Hormones and... Like, you don't know who you are, but you feel like you know who you are. Your entire being is wrapped up in your identity and you feel like it's the most important thing in the world. And it's Mm -hmm. probably the least interesting thing about you. Yeah. Like, you completely... I I remember I completely identified with, like, the style of music I listened to and the way I dressed. And, like, it's, it's, like, so surface level and bullshit. I, I wish I could go back and just meet myself at, like, in my teens and just be like, you're a fucking idiot. Stop being a fucking <laughs> idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like how you identify is the least interesting thing about you. It doesn't say anything about you as a person. It doesn't say how you act around others. It doesn't say anything about your hopes and dreams for the future. You, you don't know anything about a person just by knowing, oh, they like to wear black flag t-shirts and paint their nails black and fucking... Do you know what I mean? It's bollocks. Mm-hmm. It's all bollocks. I worry. I worry about even now, particularly with like social media, and I see it at university, so this isn't just me being an old dinosaur. Like I fucking see this like all the time. People are completely wrapped up in their identity. It's the most important thing in the world to them. And it, you don't want to belittle it because it feels like the most important thing. I, I remember what it feels like, right? But mm-hmm. you see it and you, you see people getting completely wrapped up in their identity and you just think like, oh, I wish I could just show you. Actually, you're a really interesting, beautiful person. Like, you don't need to worry about this shit. Yeah, well, you know, that's why I, I spend a lot of time on, on my tutorial uh, gear. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I am Uniqlo's favourite favorite customer. Mate, have you seen those new checkouts at Uniqlo where you can just, like, yeah, drop yeah. You your pants into a basket and it's we've like... Had, we've, mate, we've had those in Wandsworth for, for years. You just you get those in time. Tesco, right? You just... <laughs> <laughs> You just push your trolley through a little thing and it goes, boop. Yeah, we have them at the kids' school as well. We just put the kids in and then they... Yeah, boop. they're just like... You've been accepted into school. Yeah. Um Crazy. What about... I mean, since last last time we talked, AI and photography just blown up, hasn't it? And Well, not AI. AI in general, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and how... Um, you know, I read an article today that AI wouldn't exist without photography. And I suppose there's some merit to that um, 
as a whole and how much uh, the training data, you know, has been skimming the internet, stealing pictures from every possible yeah. source. Yeah. Um, and, and also how in music, you know, you can digitally uh, synthesize an artist's voice now and then make your own songs and then, like, who owns the rights to that? You've been out to do that for a while. That's not um, a new thing. That, so that there's, um, there's been technology to change the formants of people's voices for a long time. Um, you've been... I think the difference is now is you can get like weird mannerisms and stuff with the AI. It's kind of gone to the next level. But, but I suppose the, the thoughts around... I mean, there's a lot... So this, it's kind of one of those Marmite discussions on the internet. You either love it or you hate it. You can't really be in down the middle, I suppose. Oh, but I, really? I feel like I'm totally down the middle with it. I, 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 yeah, me too. I'm down the middle of there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, down. I know, I mean, I just think it's, it's a separate thing. It's, 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 it's a yeah. separate beast. And I, even, even as it gets better and better and better and better and better, I still think it'll be a completely separate thing to photography um, in, in its purest form, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about AI economically. I think we should be quite concerned about what we're doing. We're building this godlike intelligence that's going to teach itself how to be exponentially more intelligent. And I don't know that we really have any handle on how we're going to treat this thing because everyone's got different ideas. But artistically, I don't know. I just, I don't really give a fuck. Every time I see a new thing with AI and it looks like every week it gets more and more incredible, I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's really clever. And then somebody says, oh, that's AI. And you go, okay. And then it just, I, I don't know, it feels soulless. I just lose all interest in it. I, yeah, I don't really yeah. feel it's, like it's, it's going to come a... for our jobs. Like you say, this is, I'll tell you what this is. Shit, I might have said this before. I think I've said this before on a previous podcast. I feel like the way that painters looked at photography when that started be becoming a thing and how it felt like a cheap version of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm and how it wasn't taken seriously, I suspect the way we were looked at by painters is the way that, for a little while, AI, AI artists will be looked at. Photography, was, photography was, wasn't taken seriously until the 60s or 70s and when Walker Evans had his exhibition. Until that point, there wasn't even an argument with whether photography was I, art at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm going right? to just quietly mm -hmm. agree because I shockingly don't know anything. But yeah, I, I just think... I think it's not going to get taken but, seriously for a while and then it will be. And then at that point, it'll be a discussion. But I just think it's going to get looked at like a, like a, it's not a serious thing for a long time. And I'm, I, I don't think we should feel threatened by it. It feels like a completely separate medium. It just happens to look a lot like photography. I, I thought I got an idea we could make a street robot, right? So basically what we do is we get a little... Um... A street robot that takes pictures, basically, on the street for us, right? And let's see what... Right, like Robocop. Yeah, but we don't have any control over it, right? We put it out onto the street, yeah. and, and we just let it go, and it can go and take a load of pictures. <laughs> put it on Oxford Street. <laughs> Russia, Isn't that just Russia, CCTV? Russia, well, exactly, I suppose it is. And most of those cameras are... Uh, 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 another interesting nuance here, most of the cameras that are CCTV cameras, even in government offices in the UK, are owned by Chinese and uh, Russian companies, and apparently they are vulnerable to hacks. And uh, I feel safer and, already, Paul. 
you know that the Russians are watching you and the Chinese are watching me now. Hello, Chinese. Do you want to see my belly? You are actually showing your belly as well. (laughs) It's an audio podcast, so that was just a treat for me, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I think, again, I just think I'm not that bothered. Maybe I should be. Yeah, I'm more bothered about what it means for us. Yeah, yeah, and how fast and how... You know how, how quick those those leaps between. I mean, I think it's going to be amazing for medicine and lots of things. But yes, there's going to be so many positives, right? Yeah, and it's just the bad actors, isn't it? The people that you know. Well, I don't know. I think even the the well-meaning people are going to subtly fuck us over because the problem is, is it's, I don't think we've ever really had anything completely analogous to this. I guess at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, where people started to make machines that would do things that would have taken artisans a long time, mm-hmm. there were lots of people that lost jobs. There were some people that gained jobs, but were the jobs better? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, that Maybe they were just like grinding people into the ground. This is what I worry. Like, How are we going to fill our time now? And what does this do for the gap between the rich and the poor? Because I certainly don't have right own any AI. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And I also worry as photographers, like if I take my wedding photography as an example, I don't think there's ever going to be AI that takes my job because people want their actual memories of their wedding days. However, my couples, how are they going to pay me if they're all jobless? So Mm -hmm. indirectly, I'm going to be potentially affected by people losing their jobs. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to any of this is. I'm sure some smarter people than us are trying to figure it I, out. I reckon you're quite lucky. You've got 20 years in the bank left. Then you're going to retire and the little kids will have to fucking worry about it themselves. You think I'm retiring? It's, how old am I now? I'm 37. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'll be retiring in 20 years, dude. I don't think I'll ever make it to retirement. I mean, the Tories keep pushing up the fucking age, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to pop my clocks before I get a chance to retire. <laughs> well... Let, let, let's, let's, let's drink to that. <laughs> ah, cheers. Hey, I love it. I love it when you're in that positive mode, Dan. Oh, I'm always in a positive mood. Um, anything else exciting? Josh has got a new book coming out, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, was Looks it nice. And we love the co- I love the cover on that. Beautiful. I still haven't done my pre-order. Have you pre-ordered? Uh, a pre-ordered. No, I haven't pre-ordered, but I will. Okay. Pre-order. Well, well, pre-order. we'll hold ourselves to this. We'll pre-order. When we get off this, uh, when we get off this recording, yeah, I really want to. Yeah, I'm going to put my order in. You're going out to California. Yeah, we haven't spoken about that yet either. Uh, did you have the chat with Matthew or not yet? I did. Yes. Um, that good. Yeah, yeah. I. I think I'm going to fit right into that team. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be really cool. I'm so excited about this. Um, did we speak about this before? Maybe in brief, but you can talk about it now. It's happy to... Yeah, apologies if we're repeating ourselves. Let's just treat this as season two because it's been about fucking six months. So um, there's a thing that Paul and Roman have worked on in the past called the Homeless World Cup, which is promoting... I love. I'm just and bond, bond I'm over. Good. Yeah, I. Do you know what? Like, I'm fucking tired, and I have no idea. I'm just rambling. But I, um, it's a really good cause. It kind of the, yeah, the, them... home, the homeless World Cup is a football tournament with purpose. One, our year-round work culminates in a world-class event, which has the power to transform the lives of participants and shape attitudes towards homelessness. There we go. I'm just going to cut out all my rambling and put yours in. Well done, Paul. 
Our vision is for a world without homelessness. Our mission is to use football to support and inspire people who are homeless to change their own lives and to change perceptions and attitudes towards people who are expanded experiencing homelessness. So they operate a global network which has more than 70 grassroots organisations that are using football to tackle homelessness and social isolation. Um, they provide a focus, of, a focus for and a celebration of the year-round activity with the Homeless World Cup, a landmark international street football tournament. Um, and it's an amazing thing. It's probably one of them, but, but in all of the time I've been a photographer, I still think it's up there with one of the things that I really think is special. Um, and it, it, it's really difficult to explain to somebody, you know, well, well, why do you just go into a football tournament taking pictures? Yeah. It's not it's not a football tournament. Football is just a vehicle that they use to help people. Yeah. And it's a, and a sport, I suppose, is is the vehicle as a whole, you know, and... Um, well, sport's got this real community to it. Well, it's correct? got respect, right? You have to respect and understanding and it's empowering and safeguarding and fair play and inclusion. Yeah. And belonging and identity, you know, there's loads of them, right? Those value those values that that and I suppose as a photographer, you never you know, we talk about things that we see, but you get to see these values just appear in front of you all over the place. Like and and the you know, it is a football tournament and it is competitive, but there's also on like the a, outskirts a, of it. There's but there's so a kindness, much. like if a player, say a player falls down and hurts himself, the other team is there, you know, helping him up. And and some of them are autistic or mentally ill or have, you know, lots of issues. Um, but they're amazing people. It's an amazing tournament. It's, it's yeah, it's you're going to have a, a Sacramento, California, Dan. Woo-hoo. I'm really excited. And I was talking to Matt, um, who's one of the the people that helps kind of organize all this and i was saying to him like you know unless there's anything specific that you need from me you know photographically then my objective will be to to kind of tell the story of the people the the players the volunteers the staff mm-hmm. who are part of this big thing so i really don't want to be focused on the football so much as um, you know, there's there's lots of people there that don't have the same privileges as we do. They're probably mm-hmm. not visiting Sacramento, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be points that they get to go and do some touristy stuff that they probably wouldn't have the opportunity to do. And I want to be there to document those stories more than mm-hmm. anything else. There's an incredible team already there that I think... Um, one person's going to be very focused on the sport. Another person's going to be focused on some other stuff. But my focus really is going to be that kind of um, community atmosphere, that kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, what does lo- this all mean? Why are we doing this? And I think that's where I'll be able to kind of. Yeah, do you love it. Honestly, you'll you'll really. I am really excited for you because I think, um, like the, the like again, I think you know. <laughs> It's rare, isn't it? Like you, you get opportunities that come, and and sometimes you think, why, you know, why the, why am I doing this? What, what? But until you actually get there, land there, and and begin to suck in that Californian air, um, it's it's quite hard to put into words what what it does to you as a person. I just think again, it just makes you realise, you know, how fucking lucky we are. It gives you that sense of God, mm. you know. There's like 
yeah, my, I, I managed to get through my time on planet Earth pretty unscathed in comparison to some of these kids, like, you know? Yeah. And, and adults and, and, you know, it, it, I think it's that perspective. It, it gives you that perspective and you come away from it feeling that you've done something good and you've helped in a tiny, 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 tiny way. Um, and, you know, you, I think you, you'll you realise the power of photography on this on this little thing, how much how much photography can change somebody's attitude and, and make somebody smile and laugh. I hope and so. I, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing that I loved about it, I think, is that you, you just build these lots of different micro-relationships over the course of the 10 days and, and they just grow until in, at the end you're almost everybody's hugging. It's a big hug fest. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about it. I fly out next Wednesday. That's mad. It's come around that quickly, right? Mate, it's, just... it's come around so quickly. Oh, I'm chatting shit. It's not Wednesday. I fly. It's Thursday. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, it's yeah, it's come around so fast. But it's it's all been super last minute. Um, I only booked my flights recently. It's just it's one of those things that I think we've been talking about for a couple of months, and I've had it blocked out in my calendar because I've kind of really wanted it to happen, um, and I've been saying no to work that's come up during that time, just in the hope that I'll be able to make it if if it all comes together. And like, you know, at the 11th hour, it all just kind of happened. Um, so yeah, I'm incredibly grateful, Paul. Like, thank you very much for introducing me to these people. It's such a shame that you won't be able to make it, but... Yeah, get it, get it. It's next one, next one for sure. Yeah, the next one, the next one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being part of the team and hopefully... Yeah. Hopefully, I can, I can you, you, kind of no, give them no, something that will actually fucking make a difference, right? No pressure, Dan. No Just pressure. a little bit of a difference. Remember, remember, there's there's quality gone before you, so now there's no pressure. I know, right? So, <laughs> I, I've seen the work that Paula Roman have have done. There's some really special stuff that you guys have done, and and the rest of the team, obviously. But I've and particularly he, and, seen and the he, stuff that you guys did. Does, did. And he did some great sports stuff, yeah, and Fred. She makes everything run, and you just you just gonna have a good time, man. You just are gonna have you're gonna meet some really. I, I just mean this. You're gonna meet some really, really fucking lifetime friends, people that you'll stay in touch with for a long time. I think this but, is gonna be one of those moments that I'll never forget, right? Yeah, it it's is gonna be like a milestone moment. Yeah, how, how how long is your flight to California? Have you have you? Have you uh... Oh, it's long, <laughs> like eleven hours or something. Oh my god, I'm not gonna say I, I I hate flying as well. So that's the other thing, like, like eleven yeah, hours. Yeah, and I'm I'm flying economy, so it's gonna be like. Who are you flying with? Oh, it's BA, so it's not so okay. bad, but it's like, yeah, I'm not going with fucking sleazy jet or something. Okay, okay, BA but, is not bad. No, yeah, BA it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. I'm more focused on like just having a good time while I'm there and, and and hopefully creating some work that makes a small difference. That would be, that's my main goal. If I can walk away with like three shots in my portfolio, I'll be happy. You know what I'm saying? Nice, Dan. Um, I have got like seven minutes until I have to go and pick my kids up. I didn't realize it was that time in the afternoon, Dan, unfortunately. Um, what time is it? Oh my God, it's it getting late. Yeah, um, let's quickly start wrapping this up. Um it, yeah, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me quickly. Uh, oh, what was I, I was going to ask you? I was going to ask you something. It's gone from the top of my head now. It'll come back. Uh, go on. Anyway, 
it will come back. We'll start wrapping up. Um, sorry, we've been away for so long. It's yeah, been, sorry. It's just been like really, really, really busy, and this is not funded whatsoever. Given everything else that's been happening in life, it just had to become like a lower priority. Hopefully, this summer we'll be able to start getting a few more in the bank, and then undoubtedly we'll probably disappear off again, like at some point early next year. But for the for a little while, hopefully, you should start to see some semi frequent content coming out of the Idle Hand Society. Yeah, uh, we're going to try and bank a few, aren't we, Dan? We're going to try and bank a few, and we're having serious discussions around doing a magazine or a newsletter or something. So, um, so watch this space. Hopefully, something cool will happen there. Um, go and buy a copy of Not So Far if you haven't already. There's yeah, a few remaining. On. Yeah, only only seven hundred and forty three left. But yes, it's <laughs> more than you have printed. Go and Just buy a copy. Go and buy a copy. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to buy a copy. Um, I've, been sending, I've been sending a few out this week, actually. You have. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, um, all of your favorite photographers have a copy. All of all of my favorite photographers. Shout outs. Shout out. Do you want me to go first? Because I know you, you don't have one. Yeah, you go for I'm gonna go music because I've been liking this tune I've been listening to. I'm gonna see. You're gonna do called. one tune or are you gonna do an album? Um am I gonna do an album? No, I might do an album actually. You Maybe, might do an album. Yeah, because it's good. It's okay. probably not your bag though. You might, you know, you you like it. Well, well if you've already got one in mind, do you wanna I'll let you go first? I just wanna think what the album's called. I'm just Okay, for all it. right, I'll go first then. So my pick for this episode is Arlo Park's new record, My Soft Machine. Tanya's completely obsessed with Arlo Park's in a minute. Like, that seems to be all she listens to. I just keep hearing it everywhere in my house. And this record is incredible. It's a very soft, kind record. But I, I'd love to meet Arlo. She just seems like a really sweet, authentic lady. Like... I'm so into this record, Paul. I can't tell you how Arlo um, Parks is, is is one is one link away from you. How how interesting is that? So we used to work, me and Roman used to work for a guy called Ali Raymond, and he was a uh what do you call a guy AR guy? Like I don't know okay. what do you call the promoter. And he he has Arlo Parks on his books. He was one of the first people he signed, basically. That's a great sign in. She's yeah. incredible. Her work yeah, yeah. is so good. So um, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that record. That's interesting, isn't it? Maybe we can reach out to Ali and see if I can get Arlo to come and speak to us. I think that'll be a long shot. I'm yeah, it might be a bit of a moonshot, but it'd be worth a go. I'd happily speak to Arlo. I, I feel like she'd be on our wavelength. I've seen her on um, one of these like very British Sunday morning breakfast fucking shows doing an interview, and. She just comes across really well, but she does. She does a podcast on Six Music, Dan. Um, she? It's really, it's really good. It's called Dream Sound. You love it because it, it, she goes through. Oh yeah, you just really like it. She goes through like tunes from art, other artists, and that they sort of dreamscapes and stuff. It's really good. It's really I can good. tell she really likes. Like she's just a fan of music generally. You can hear it. Like you can hear her reference things. She talks about Deftones on one of her tracks, and that was like my favorite band growing up. Like. I don't. I feel like this. I feel like Arlo's on our wavelength. Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm really loving that. So Arlo Parks, My Soft Machine. Like, if you haven't heard it already, which would be crazy because it's everywhere right now, go and give it a listen. It's really good. How about you, Paul? Where are you at? 
Well, I spent a weekend watching Glastonbury. That was quite nice. You watch any Glastonbury over the weekend then or not? Yeah, I watched a little bit actually. Uh, who do we watch? I watched Warpaint. That was cool. Yeah. I watched Rick Astley. Rick Astley. I didn't watch Rick Astley yet. Rick Astley was amazing. Yeah. No, he was. He, I reckon he stole the show. You think? He opened, yeah. right? He opened one of the days. He, did, the he, he, did, he did ACDC Highway to Hell on the drums. Um, I I really like this band called The Big Moon. Have you heard of The Big Moon? No. Tell me about mm. The Big Moon. Um, they're four girls. I think they're British. Um, and it's, oh, it's difficult to describe, but I really like it. Lyrically, I quite like it. It's quite interesting. Is it like um, chilled or? Uh, yeah, it's a bit chilly. I don't know how to describe it. She's one of the lead singer on it. She's um, she's smart. She's smart, smart chips. She is. She's just. I'm. I, I read something about them in, the other day, and it's. I can't think what it was. Uh, big moon as well. Led by it. self-assured vocals of singer songwriter Juliet Jackson, London yes, indie Juliet. rock outfit The Big Moon take their lead from the grunge and Britpop groups of the early nineties. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, that, that's all I need to read, but I'm in. Yes, yeah, good. It's really good. I really like it. The whole album. The album is called, uh, I think it's you. What is the album called, Daddy? I just had it. The new one, Here yes. Is Everything. Here Is Everything, yeah. Here Is Everything. It's good. I think you can put it on and listen to it. It's a nice Sunday morning album if you want to chill, you know. When you're having a bath with some suds and stuff and you've got to wash your bits. Yeah. <laughs> the cover photo on the front cover of that is really strong. I'm always really drawn to like cover art. Yeah. But that Chris photo Lopez. on that cover is really cool. That's that's what Chris Lopez spent is um yes, yeah, so she was pregnant during the and that's why they delayed that's why they delayed this album because she was having a baby. Had a baby. Having a baby. So she's had the baby. She's had the baby now, yeah. Okay. So this um, is one of Chris's shots, is it? No, it's not one of Chris's shots, but this is the Chris shot loads of album covers. And especially this one, you this is a he did the oh, what is it? Top loader one. <laughs> the top loader. Oh, I remember Top Loader. Uh, top Loader. You dancing in the moon. Was that them? Uh, was, that, was that Top yeah. Loader? Yeah, I always get them confused with um Simply Red. That was it, yeah. Sorry. Top Loader, Achilles Heel, I don't remember that one. No, Do Top Loader was Dancing in the Moonlight. I'm just saying I get that band confused with... Simply I don't like Red. that song. Do you? Dancing in the Moonlight? No. Um, I don't uh, have on, massively strong opinions hang, of it, but on. it's not really I, my... I, li- I like the idea that you had to think about it for a minute. You you paused. I'm being diplomatic. I'll tell you, I, I'll give you the non-diplomatic uh, version uh, just because I'm feeling a bit sassy, uh, yeah. I guess. Coldplay, Top Loader, all those bands can fuck off. Yeah, like, I, just, I agree. I don't get it. I don't get it. It just feels like if beige was music, it would be Coldplay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, and I say this as a man that has zero success, right? So Christopher Martin, you're, all, you're doing it right, you know, mate. You're doing it right. You're smashing it. You've got loads of money, even, but like, your music bores the fuck out of me. This, there was a lot of musicians on the on the weekend that I thought um, couldn't sing. Like there was a lot of out of tune. Oh, you think? Yeah, maybe they're like, a bit out of practice because of the pandemic. Oh come on! Okay, hot take. Glastonbury, the lineup this year. There were some yeah. incredible bands on the lineup, but 
I feel like Glastonbury's dropped the ball a little bit. Like, if you look at the Reading lineup this year and, like, the lineups of all the other UK festivals, they look really incredible. And then Glastonbury just seemed a bit like, meh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I hear there, was, there was just lots of, like, they didn't have enough of the heavy hitters. I'm sure the smaller bands that they had were all really incredible. But when you go to something like Glastonbury, you want to see Radiohead. Yeah. Like, you want to see, like, big, big names. You need the small names as well to make the day, like, roll. Because you can't just have a day of massive, massive bands. But it just didn't feel like there was enough heavy hitters. Yeah, there was, no cro- there was no crowded house, but... There was, there was no crowded <laughs> house. They did have War on Drugs, though, didn't they? <laughs> I like War on Drugs. Yeah. Yeah, they were there. Don't, don't get me wrong, they had some... They had some... <laughs> but it was a bit bland, though. I was watching the set and I was like, yeah, but you're not really giving me much. You know, You're not, like, connecting with me. You know? Well, I guess it's hard to connect with someone through a TV. Maybe it was one of those you-have-to-be-there moments. Yeah, I think it is. It is. When the sun's out, you've had 12 ciders, yeah. you're stoned, yeah. uh, you can't find your wife because yeah. she's been at the toilet for four hours in a queue Yeah, with no toilet paper and she's calling you. But you're, you're eating a 17-pound burger that you definitely like. came from Lidl. <laughs> and you know you're going to give you diarrhea for the next four days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're drinking a 14-pound, 20-bottle of water. Yeah, yeah, living your best yeah. life. I yeah. think it's one of those things where you've probably got to be there, but I wasn't that impressed by the lineup. I think if I'd bought tickets, because they sell out before so, the lineup's announced, I feel like I'd have been probably pretty keen to just sell them because it wasn't, I wasn't blown away by the lineup. We're going to try and get tickets either for this year or next year because it'll be my 50th. So you're going to come, we're all going to go and have a little. To Glasgow? Yeah going to try and get tickets and just have a big... I might try, depending on what the lineup's like. Because they might have a... Well, I'm 50 in, not this year, next year. But uh, I'm going to see what the lineup comes up like. uh, I think you've got to buy tickets before the lineup's announced. Otherwise, you're not going to... They're going to sell out. I think I'm just going to buy tickets anyway and try and go... But then are you going to camp in a tent like a savage? Or are you going to... camp camper van it. Yeah, I think that's the way to go, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got to do a camper van. Then you don't have to ca- then you don't have to carry all this stuff for miles. Yeah. And also, I think the there's something nice about having your own toilet and your own shower. Yeah, and it's dry. And a bed, like an actual yeah. bed with yeah. windows. Yeah, and you can have a t- you can have a tent outside to put your bags in, one of those pop-up tents, you know? That's what we did. Yeah. I think if I open the thing is right if I open a tent in the morning, I want to be looking at like mountains or something outside. I don't want to be yeah. looking at Twelve million other tents. Agreed. Right. I, on that note, Daniel. All right, man. Listen, it's been good. Did you ever uh, remember the thing before we go? No, I forgot. The... I forgot. Okay. I forgot. I forgot. But it'll come back. Yeah. Thanks, um, me. Okay. I am going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you all fell- for tuning in. We'll catch you again soon. Same bat channel. Same bat time. Yeah. Ben. Fo- ben follow ben. us on Instagram at Idle Hand Society. Uh, yeah. At Paul Bents UK at Dan underscore S underscore Higginson. Um, Catch you again soon. Did I get all that right, by the way? I think you did. If you don't buy a cat. Buy a a copy of Not So Far. Exactly. And on that note, I say goodbye, my followers, my minions, my people. Should be a good person. Off with the thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. Signing off. Later on. (laughs) 